welcome to the See You in the Morning podcast. Here, Craig Price and I, Cammie Wilcox, are on a quest to interview each member of the Calvin and Margaret Price family. Let's see who we're interviewing today. Okay, well, let's get started. Okay. How was it growing up in Oregon? Um... It was great. I actually had a really fantastic childhood. Like we lived on two acres and um, we, there were five kids. So there was always someone to hang out with and always somebody to be with. We spent so much time outside and um, we had a giant garden and we spent a lot of time in the summer weeding the garden. Um, So much fun. So much fun. We, I, we each had rows, so we had um, like designated rows. So as soon as your rows were done, you could do, um, you could go to the like the community pool, or you could do other things. Um, awesome. And my mom always encouraged us to get up and like do it early, but <laughs> some of us like to wait till the heat of the day <laughs> when it was it's miserable. Like, it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. Yep. Yeah. No, it was great though. It was really fun. Did you guys always live in Hermiston? We did not. No, when I, uh, right before I started kindergarten, we moved to um, like the suburbs of Portland and um, we, we lived there for about five years until I was like halfway through fourth grade. So uh, my early elementary years were spent in the Portland area. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, growing up, we, I moved a couple of times, but did you ever live outside of Oregon? Uh, not until I went to college. Nope. So I was born and raised in Oregon. That's awesome. Yeah. If you don't mind me switching gears a little bit, what was one of your earliest memories of G and G. That's a good one. Um, you know, one of my earliest memories, well, I'm sure I have earlier. Yeah. So one of my earliest memories was, um, this time when Megan and I got to go and, and it must've been, when I was really young, I think I was probably in kindergarten, we went to um, a family reunion and then um, Megan and I got to stay with G&G and then we drove, like we stayed at their house for a week and then we drove to California and hung out with uh, your family and Dave's family and then they drove us home. Um, But it was, I think the reason this trip specifically was so cemented in my mind is that, um, it was the, the time that I found out that, um, that my mom was sick. And so I remember them telling us about it and they didn't really know a lot. Um, but, um, I remember not loving that I wasn't with my mom um at that point um but it all worked out (laughs) (laughs) 
I could definitely see that like right like you're you're young and you get this news and you're not around that would like probably to ask the questions you want to ask you know I don't know yeah I think think it'd be hard yeah and and I mean I didn't even know what questions to ask and um they had a very structured way of doing things as far as uh like talking to the grandkids so there were multiple times growing up where uh the where G&G talked to multiple grandkids about serious things um and every time I experienced it I was always the youngest and so like they would bring you in one at a time and kind of talk to you and then they would bring the next oldest one in and talk to you um and so I remember uh feeling like um, it was so unfair that I was the youngest. And so I had to wait the longest to get my <laughs> talk. <laughs> well, at least they were that loving and involved in our lives. Right. I actually look back at it. And I think when we were that young, it is, it's kind of like, Oh, this is, you know, unfair, whether you're the last or, or even just having to do it. And looking back, back now, I'm like, man, they were pretty involved when we were around them. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It definitely brought a, a bigger insight to some of that stuff now in any ways of why they did it. It's because they cared, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, and they had nine kids, so it had to be organized and structured. Otherwise, it would be chaos. Yeah, uh, I'm sure if we could ask them now, they'd be like, oh, it was crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I look at my kids now and I'm like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I remember, like, I think we only went to their house once for Christmas. And they, um, like, I cannot imagine having multiple kids and their families um, there for Christmas and having to, like, trying to be organized about presents. And, like, I just, I can't imagine that chaos. And I don't remember it being chaos. So it probably wasn't apparent to me at the time. Um but I, I do wonder if maybe they felt like it was crazy. Yeah, oh, totally. Well, do you mind me asking? I'm trying to remember with that whole situation with your mom getting sick. Um, was it a brain tumor? Yeah, so technically it's a, it was a dermoid cyst. And it was um, right above her spinal cord. So it was like in the, in the back. And it was about the size of a walnut. Um, which is not that big it, it it's not although when it's pushing on other things it feels quite large yeah, <laughs> and, that's true. That's true. Um, and there was concern that it would block the spinal cord which uh, obviously would be quite detrimental um, and so it was causing um, like she had severe blurred vision she had a hard time balancing and walking um, in kindergarten, I went, my school class went to the zoo and I desperately wanted my mom to chaperone. And so she did. Um, but I remember I had to like walk with her and help keep her steady, um, yeah. the whole time. And, and it didn't bother me. It definitely bothered her. Like her lack of independence there was really frustrating to her, um, 
but I was just so thrilled that she was there and that, uh, that she took the time to do a field trip for me, which I'm sure meant that she had to find a babysitter for Cody and she had to like do other things in order to make it happen. And I appreciate that she did, but, um, but yeah, she went from doctor to doctor and they couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, I mean, she even like, she, it was quite dismissive. She was told that, um, it's because you have four kids and you are just under a lot of stress. And um, so she, like, it was quite dismissive. And they said, oh, I think you just need glasses. And anyway, finally, she found a doctor who really listened and did a collection of tests and figured out what was going on. Um, and then she had five surgeries over the course of the next five years in order to um, get everything taken care of. And um, I actually remember, so I have always been kind of a planner. And when I was seven and I was going to get baptized when I turned eight, I made invitations for every family and on the old like dot matrix printer. <laughs> yep. uh, and um, we sent them out and it was a huge deal to me. And then everyone came and, um, stayed with us or by us and came to my baptism. And I was just sure that that was because I sent those invitations. I was like, you just got to invite people. And Megan and Katie were both like, how come nobody came to my baptism? Not nobody, but how come the whole family didn't come to my baptism? And now I realize it was because my mom was sick. And I think everyone wanted to rally around her and my dad and my family. And um, I think it was, I think my parents had faith that she would be okay, but I, I think it was, it was hard to know. And, um, and so I think, I think the family support and also like, you know, just in case things went south, everyone wanted to make sure they were there uh, but anyway I like <laughs> I have pictures of my baptism with everyone there and we, it was a huge deal to me um but now That's I realize awesome. it may not have been because I sent invitations <laughs> <laughs> well it's so hard when when you're I mean you know you are a little more narrow-minded when it comes to being a kid right oh yeah and, but I I think I mean you said something awesome you know to rally around your your mom and honestly, they were there too for the baptism. It may, they may have been more for for your mom per se, but you know, it's still like a cherry on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. growing up, we went to everything. It felt like if we could. Yeah, for sure. Like I remember, and especially at the beginning, like like when Jed got married, like there were there were a lot of people there, right? And um, it got harder as kids moved out and families were more spread out but um but yeah I think I think we did try to go to as much as we could what was it like doing rendezvous growing up I know you didn't <laughs> do a ton I don't think but I know you guys did at one point we did we actually we um we did a lot of powwows which were one of my favorite things um and then yeah, we did some rendezvous. I don't, 
And my, so my dad has a TB. He still has it. He needs new TB poles if he's going to use it again. But, um, but him and my grandpa Castella both had TBs. And so when we went camping, we set up the TB and we all slept in the TB and, um, there, my dad had, or still has, I guess, um, a full Native American, um, outfit i'm gonna call it an outfit uh, <laughs> suit um and i honestly don't know we'll have to ask my dad i i don't know how he got involved um i think it may have been through some co-workers um but yeah we would go to powwows and we would um we would dance at the powwows and they always had this really fun dance where it was like the kids would dance and then adults would like give them money. Um, and it was delightful. And I so, mean, then who we... wouldn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> so then they also had uh, like little um, stations set up where you could go buy things. And so I remember buying like a turquoise ring and thinking it was like the most amazing thing because it was, it was beautiful. And um, so yeah, the the powwows and the rendezvous were really fun. That honestly sounds like your parents. I mean, it's it's hard because you think about your own parents, but you know, you you get different things and instill different, or you they instill different things into you, right? Growing up, and and I think about your dad doing rendezvous, and I mean, he's very what I remember. Yes, and, yes, he was. But then your mom, like, uh, she was always baking something. And mm -hmm. to this day, she still does. Oh, she and still I, does. And I love it. So as my thought and thinking about this for you, what were some of the traits or things that you got from your parents growing up you, that you feel like you gained from them? So I think, um, like, the very specific traits, I love to bake and I love working with wood. And both of those are things that my parents love to do. Um, and I think more big picture things that I learned. Um, we learned to work hard. And um, there was no slacking. We, we worked <laughs> hard. Um, and on, on that same line, we learned... Um, to be independent and to know that we, we are capable of doing hard things. And um, my parents also really pushed for us to get a good education. I think it bothered my dad a little bit that he did not go to college. He had a great job. And um, wow. although financially it was hard when my mom was sick and for years after, um, Yep. But he had reliability and he had good retirement and good benefits. And, um, but I think he saw how much easier life could be if you go to college at, at that time. I, um, and so he really pushed for that. And I think, um, I think every family has certain core things that are really important and education was definitely one of them for us it, we needed had to get good grades and um, it was definitely not good news if you brought home a report card with 
bad grades and um it yeah it um yeah that was just something that that they really pushed and i'm glad they did and all of my um you know most of my siblings have advanced degrees i don't and that's okay (laughs) well that does lead me into a little bit of 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 later in life like where did you go to college um so I did a year at BYU Idaho and then I transferred to Portland community um and I I went to BYU Idaho because my sisters went to BYU Idaho and it felt comfortable and easy um and to be quite honest it was ridiculously cold it Rexburg (laughs) Idaho is not the place for me um and and to be perfectly honest, uh, Jason and I were dating at the time and he was going to Portland State. And um, so I realized that, so that summer between, yes, tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> between college semesters and even actually through high school, I worked for an ophthalmologist in Hermiston who was a family friend. And so he kind of trained me to do tests that he needed done and um it was really fun to work with him he was um he was kind of no nonsense but he was also really kind and so um I realized that there was an ophthalmic medical technology program at Portland Community and so that summer I transferred and then uh did two more years there um so that's that's what I did. So my degree is in ophthalmic medical technology. And then um, after college, like one week after we graduated, we got married. And um, a couple weeks after that, we moved to Chicago so Jason could go to grad school. Man, that's a lot of things, a lot of changes really quick. Oh, yeah. But honestly, it was actually, it was great. Um, I think it forced us to depend on each other. Um where where before I would you know if I had a car problem I would call my dad and quite honestly I still call my dad um, <laughs> for certain it's things. It's only natural. It's only but natural. Um, but there's not much he can do when he's thousands of miles away, and so we kind of learned to figure things out. And um, I think I think it was really good. So growing up, I always viewed Cami Castellaw Wilcox right. <laughs> as very outgoing and looking at you know uh, from the outside back at your life now I feel like that's something a trait that you still have very outgoing adventurous um, maybe not afraid to take some of these chances that obviously you were okay with going to Chicago (laughs) and moving away from family has that was that hard um no, I, I, you're right. I do love adventure. And I um, no, I, it's funny growing up when we were really little, I used to always say I was going to live next door to mom. And Megan always <laughs> said she was going to live in Fiji. And she, <laughs> she was going to live a long way away. She was not going to live in Hermiston. Um, and here we are. And she does. And I don't. And um <laughs> But we're both happy. But yes, I I love adventure. And um, that's how I saw Chicago. It was an opportunity 
to go and see the world and well you know see the midwest (laughs) well i mean it's still it might as well be a different world it it was we lived we lived in hyde park in chicago um which is on the south side it's right around the university of chicago and um we had some wild adventures there um while we were there i mean it was incredibly safe um right around campus and but while we were there we actually our house got broken into um (laughs) but we were home like it was the wildest thing it was it was horrific but i was amazed how many how many police came and um yeah anyway this is an interesting story so were you just just chilling there at night and someone decided to try to break in yeah so um so we lived on the first floor but in chicago and probably elsewhere uh like the first floor is technically up a flight of stairs so there's like garden apartments down below and then there's the first floor which is up a flight and so we um we lived up a flight of stairs and it was really hot and um we we didn't have, we had AC, but it wasn't, I don't, I don't remember exactly why, but we had a window open in the kitchen. And um, again, it was up a flight of stairs, so we weren't that worried about it. And so we went to bed, it was like 11 o'clock and we were laying in bed and we heard some noises um, and I said, (laughs) Jason, (laughs) Jason said, I'm going to go check out what's going on. And I said, I'm sure it's nothing. It's probably just somebody walking by outside. Well, uh, Jason gets up and he like goes to the doorway that's between our bedroom and the kitchen. And he looks around and there's a person standing in our kitchen, like looking around and they're like six inches from each other. And um, (laughs) yeah, Uh, Jason just started yelling, get out of my house now. And I, I like laid in bed screaming um, and they thankfully like turned and ran out the kitchen door and um, that was it. So it could have been far worse. And um, I just don't think many people have a story like that. <laughs> <laughs> it it was, a, yeah, it was something. Um, thankfully we, we didn't have kids and um, quite honestly, that was the last time I went to bed without pajamas. Like I just, <laughs> I was like, that's too vulnerable. Can't... And of life course, I was... lessons, life lessons. Yep, sure. life lessons right there. And uh, I, I didn't have anything to use as a weapon. Like I was thinking, oh, could I use this lamp? Like, <laughs> um, so it all. I mean... It's good to laugh about it now, but I'm sure in the moment it was not very laughable. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, it was quite stressful. And what, like, the funniest part is, like, after they came and did fingerprinting and, you know, tried to figure things out. And then the police left and Jason went to bed. I was like, I can't sleep. Are you kidding me? I was like, I'll just stay up. And I, I think I watched a few movies that night. Like, there was no way I was going back to bed. But yeah, he was like, well, he's not coming back. <laughs> okay. He's thinking logically. I mean, the cops came. Why would he come back? Right. Right. 
Well, I shouldn't say that you weren't thinking logically. I could understand. I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I'd go back to sleep or not. But it just reminds me of like kids. Like mom, mom's a little more inherent about getting up, and then dad's a little more like, well, mom's mom's around, so I I'll just sleep through everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, funny. it it was it was wild. Um, but yeah, it was it was a a fun adventure, and truly, we felt safe in Chicago. Like it it did take me a while to be able to be comfortable just leaving windows open. Like even after we moved to Columbus and to DC like it still took me a while to feel comfortable with that but yeah well I can't I mean that's understandable <laughs> and if I remember right I'll have to ask but I think Jordan served his mission in Chicago he did and he came to visit us it was del- did he really I didn't know that <laughs> He did. He had dinner with us. I'm trying to think. It may have been Thanksgiving dinner, but I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, he came and um, got to hang out with us one night. Man, small world. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great. I'm waiting for someone to get their mission call to Washington, D.C. so that I can take them out to lunch and dinner and <laughs> hang out again. Well, this time it might be a grandchild, but either way it works. Yeah, I I don't care. (laughs) If you're remotely connected, I will feed you. (laughs) That sounds just like your mother. It it really does. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, she would do that, too. But such a good trait and a loving trait. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for my mom, um, serving by feeding is like, like her biggest way that she shows love like she wants to feed everyone oh my gosh so when we go there um for vacation or whatever um she does like made to order breakfast she's like what would you like to eat for breakfast and she'll make like chocolate waffles for calder and then with ice cream of course because that's how you eat a waffle at my mom's house and then um like if colette wants pancakes and eggs and she'll make bacon and like whatever people want to eat to go so well, well when we were there that awesome. last time she totally did the same thing for us so yeah and it's such a sweet thing but it, honestly it reminds me of grandma because grandma was the same way I mean when you went over you ate <laughs> and you made yeah. sure you wouldn't go hungry you know and yeah. do you remember drinking out of the honey bottles no. <laughs> just figured I'd ask, like, just a little side cork from G&G's house. I just remember when I was younger, that Grandma always had old honey bottles. Like, you know, the little bear, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And, and you would, I mean, like, drink them. like a soupy cup. <laughs> That's really funny. Do you have any quirky memories or anything like that when we were all together as family or at family reunions or anything like that? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there was always little hijinks, right? When we were kids, and this group, and um, and I do love that Grandma seemed to collect us in groups, um, yep. which made it really fun. And my year, we had a pretty big group. Um, Remind me of who is in your group. I, I think I remember, but I'd rather you tell me. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, oh my goodness, I might even be able to do it in age order. So we'll see. So it's Derek, Stan, Kristen. Hold on. Derek, Stan, Kristen, Chad. Wait, when's Chad's birthday? June. Okay. Uncle Doug's. Yep, that's right. So then Chad, then Jenna, then me, then Jenny. Jenny. I was going to say, I feel like Jenny was on the tail end of your group. She was. Yep. Yeah, so there were seven of us in our I would say that's group. a big group. It was a big group. <laughs> yeah. Man, of course you guys caused mischief at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, didn't we all? I mean. <laughs> that's true. That's so yeah. true. I mean, when you have that many people, right? And such a background. <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember the playhouse in the backyard? And we used to, I remember there was always bees over there, um, but we would still play in it. Pretty sure I, I stepped on a bee at one time. Yeah. I honestly do. I'm, I'm glad you brought, it's funny how you don't think of something, but someone else has this memory and then you're like, oh my gosh, things come flooding back, you know? Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I'm pretty sure there was always a beehive every summer. Yeah. <laughs> in there and we would just play i do remember playing a lot of night games when we were around oh really see i don't that's oh. funny <laughs> but again we have a little bit of a span between me and you because my group was not near as big uh it started with cody justin me and jason and that was okay that was pretty much it. yeah that's a good so group though it was and cody was like definitely I remember he was like, I think he was a, he's a year, full year older where me, Justin and Jason were all a little bit closer. So I remember kind of thinking like, oh man, he's older and white. <laughs> he, he probably is still older and wiser than me. <laughs> well, he is. I know he is. So were you but born in 86? I was. Okay. Yeah. And he was 85. Five. Yeah. Justin yeah. was in 85 too, but he was in November and then I was February of 86. Okay. Yeah. So. I just oh, remember really being, just being like the older side of it, but so if you don't mind now, you and Jason, you've, you've gotten married, Chicago, and it, I, where was the other place before DC? Uh, so we, we were in Chicago for five years and Jason went to law school there and then um, we lived in Columbus, Ohio for one year. Um, so Jason could do a clerkship there and we, we went in knowing that we would only be there a year. And I, I did Columbus. I did everything there was to do in Columbus. I felt like, <laughs> um, and Columbus is a, a size of town that you can do in a year. Um, and Calder was eight months when we moved there. Um, so then we spent a year there. So it was really fun. They have a really good kids museum and, um, yeah, it was a it was a good place to be for a year. And then Jason got a clerkship here in DC. And clerkships are only one year and you work for a judge and um they're really fun. They're a lot of work. Um and so he was working long hours. Um so then we moved here and our plan was we were going to be here for a year and then we were going to move to San Diego. That was our long-term plan. Wow. We were going to live there forever. 
Um, and then, <laughs> and then we got here and after a few months, I realized I really love it here. And I, I still don't feel like I have done everything there is to do in DC. Um, like I felt like I did in Columbus. And so, um, after that year we decided that we would stay here. And so Jason got a job at a law firm here um, and has actually been at that firm, the exact same firm since then. So it's been um, almost, it's been 11 years um, since we moved here to DC. 11 years already? That, Mm -hmm. where did the time go? (laughs) Isn't that wild? It is wild. So Calder is how old? Calder's 13. And then I have Colette, who is nine and a half. A little bit of a span, but not too bad. Yeah, it's like just over three and a half years. That's how our 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 first two are. Well, just about three, but yeah. Yeah. It was good for us. Um, again, Jason was working a lot. And um, so I needed more time to get there. Yeah. Like, totally so, understandable. So Calder was born in Chicago. Yes. And he is he is a diehard Chicago sports fan because of it. <laughs> um, which actually I mean, makes, he was born there. He right? was yeah, he owns it, which actually reminds me of your family because if I remember correctly, when you guys were younger, you each had like Chad was really into the Bulls. Like, I feel like each of you had a sports city or a sports team. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I hear stories. So, like, I can't remember. Someone gave Alan a Seattle Seahawks jacket. So, he was definitely a Seahawks. Right. That's his his team. Still to this day, day is, a, is a Seahawks fan. And then Chad, he got – I think he – found at the lost and found at it's alvarado middle school um i believe he found a bulls jacket and you know he had one which when i was in elementary led me to want to have a bulls jacket but yeah (laughs) uh, definitely scott allen and chad were are definitely into the sports side of it Honestly, me, it was like, oh, what color do I like? I like blue. Okay, I'm a Colts fan. Because <laughs> it was never, we liked playing sports and stuff, but it was never, it was just never like my, I was never a diehard as much as they were or, or are still to this day. So that's yeah, pretty funny. Were you guys much sports? No. I mean, um, it's funny. My, my mom tells it like she would offer for my sisters to do activities and sports and they would always say no. Um, And then I came home from school, I think in kindergarten and um, had a T-ball flyer and I said, I want to do this. And so (laughs) I played T-ball and softball um, through fifth grade And then in middle school, I did cross country and basketball and tennis. And then in high school, I swam on the swim team and Megan swam on the swim team as well. Um, Cody did, trying to think, Cody ran, Cody did cross country. Um, 
but funny story, Megan played tennis as well. And our high school had a, a rule that seniors could not be on JV. So if you are a senior and you don't make varsity, then you can't play, which I thought was the stupidest rule. And so <laughs> yeah. uh, I tried out in my freshman year and I, I made JV, but Megan didn't make varsity. And so she couldn't play. And so I quit out of protest because I am aligned with my family and <laughs> I am going to show them that if, if she can't play, I'm not playing either. Um, and of course I didn't explain any of that to my family because I, I was just like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do track instead. <laughs> and so I, I, um, I was a thrower on track. So I threw the javelin and the shot put. Man, I threw shot put, so I can understand that. Oh, yeah. I was not good at shot put. I was not <laughs> strong enough. <laughs> javelin, I, I could I could do okay. I was middle of the pack for javelin. But, uh, yeah, my shot put was not great. Um, but I was there. And I was not playing tennis because they wronged my family. You um, know, it totally translates in what I can picture today, though. I mean, you're very family-oriented. Well, a lot of us are, but I mean, it's something that means a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and loyalty is important to me. Um, yeah. And so, and so yes. if anybody's listening, don't wrong Cammy. That's right. You're done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and actually I know I'm probably jumping around a lot, so I, I apologize. That's okay. But that I wanted to ask this question and, why the podcast? Oh, yeah. So um, I love podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts for years. I think I first started when um, that podcast to Serial came out. And I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> um, and then um, at Grandma's funeral, I, I felt like this shouldn't be the end. Like um, this shouldn't be the last thing we do. And then everyone drifts out from here. Like we should do something to stay connected and we should do something to be together. Um, but it did seem like for the last few years, it was uh, big life events that we were getting together for, or I guess death events. Um, and so the podcast came to me like the idea to do it shortly after grandma's funeral. And, um, we all know that was a few years ago and it's taken me a long time to kind of get to the point where it felt easy. And, um, and I was just tired of this nagging feeling that I really need to get going on it. So, <laughs> so here we are procrastinating is not something I normally do, but it's been a few years. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's why the podcast and why now? <laughs> well, I gotta admit, I, I, I don't think you're, well, I feel like you're not the only one. I, and it, I don't remember having a definitive moment. Like I remember, I mean, leave it, leave it to the prices. They still have a good time at a funeral. So, right. <laughs> so, but I mean, I remember that and I remember, you know, every time we got together as a family, it's always 
I've always felt like it's hard to to get and to talk to everybody and you you know and some people are more not a a, definitely not as outgoing but that doesn't mean they didn't want to talk or I don't know I love this idea that you've had because it gives us this opportunity to to talk to people more individualized and and have this ability to to let them share what they've done in their lives and memories they have and so I just love that idea and it's because of you (laughs) well and I I've realized um, and talking to people at, at grandma's funeral our family members are doing and have done really cool things and they are very cool people and so I I want to know all the all the ins and outs and what is everyone doing and you know, what are their life experiences? And so I'm, I'm excited. And I hope that, that lots of people will um, participate. I think it'll be really good to hear from, from everybody. Oh, I totally agree. And I just feel happy that you're willing to ask an outreach about doing this podcast though. I just, I gotta (laughs) really give you props for that. Cause I, I, you know, talking to other people in our family too, I, uh, I just feel like there's not enough time sometimes. Right. But if we can dedicate a little bit time and I mean, even scheduling stuff won't necessarily always be the easiest thing, but I, I think you're, you brought it about when you're talking about when you're younger, you're a planner. And so I just think you're built for this, Cammy. <laughs> well, th- thanks. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I, I am very, very excited about it. And I am thankful that you are willing to be my co-host. Um, and I didn't come to that decision lightly. I truly felt like um, you were the one for the job. So I'm glad that you were willing. <laughs> well, I, I guess on my side of that, again, I, you talked about since grandma, but I did, I did have feelings of like, we, we got to do something like we are such a big family, but there's so many things we did growing up. And, and I, I, I think I've talked to you about this, but there are a lot of other families that don't have the relationship that we have as an extended family. And it, it makes me bummed out when I hear that because I love our extended family. And so when you said, Hey, do you want to co-host? I had nothing but the feeling of, yes, I need to make this happen. <laughs> we need to make this happen because it gives us a way to stay connected. And I look at this and I think it's an amazing example to your kids on a personal level of bringing family close. Ah, thanks. Well, and maybe, and it, it could be because I don't live close to family um, that I feel that pull stronger, that I feel like, I guess the, the effort, I need to make more effort in order to be connected. And so this plays into that for sure. How have your kids done not necessarily being right by family? You know, they, they're great. Um, I think, I think you kind of, um, I mean, when they were little, it was, it was hard. Um, I didn't have, 
easy babysitter options and Jason worked a lot. And so a lot of times it was just me and thankfully I'm kids and I like having adventures. And so we spent, I, I think DC is one of the best places to raise kids because the museums are mostly free. And um, so like the Natural History Museum, the American History Museum, the zoo, like all of these things are free um, provided by the Smithsonian and tax dollars. Um, and so it's wonderful because if you have little kids and you're at a museum or the zoo and somebody has a meltdown or a little emergency and you got to go home, um, it's okay because you didn't pay anything to get in. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> we would pop in and stay for a couple hours or stay for 20 minutes or whatever, as long as, and then we would go do something else. And so um, it, it was wonderful. It was a really great place to be when they were little and it's great now as well. Um, but I think that was kind of my, my saving as far as I don't live by family and I don't have easy babysitters, but I could um, go and do whatever I wanted. And I became quite comfortable um, doing my own thing and doing, um, you know, my kids got to see art exhibits that they wouldn't have chosen, but they still enjoyed. And um, so it, it was good. I, I think again, we just put more effort into making sure that we see family and that we show up for the important things. So it's important that when one of my nieces or nephews gets baptized, that we show up and um, support them. And the same will be true when, you know, other big life events happen for them. And yes, of course. so I don't know. I mean, it, it is interesting. They have a different relationship with my parents than Megan's kids do, of course, because they don't, you know, Megan's in the same town. And during COVID, when they were doing virtual school, Camden, Megan's youngest, um, yep. did school at my parents' house. And he spent all day there. And um, because Megan teaches kindergarten, and um, so she could not teach kindergarten and help Camden. And so my parents for a year had Camden doing school at their house. And um, so their relationship, even with him compared to his older sisters is different um, because yeah. they did their school at the other grandparents' houses, house. Um, but similarly, you know, you lived close to grandma and grandpa. And so I, I'm sure your relationship with them was different than my relationship. But somehow my parents and grandma and grandpa have a way to make it so that they feel special and heard and um, valued just as well. Oh, very much so. And very true. I, I think... I definitely don't feel like it's a hindrance by any means, you know, obviously you're not living quite close. I mean, I can't, I shouldn't say that. I obviously live close to my parents still mm. and, and my wife's parents, but you know, you haven't let that be a hindrance and maybe it just makes the times that you do get to go see them that much more sweeter. Yeah, for sure. And, 
um, you know, there came a point where we decided we need to have family reunions. And so every three years, our family um, has a reunion. And so this next summer, we're going to Post Falls, Idaho. Um, it's up by Coeur d'Alene. And um, we're excited. We're staying at a, a house that has, it's on 900 acres. So it's like, Wow. In the, it's like, yes, I, I'm very excited. It's going to be really fun. So we all try and stay in the same house and um, then we can, there's geocaching and I think they have bikes and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that will be really fun, but we've, we've done reunions in Bend and McCall. So we always try and stay kind of out West. So we always travel, but um I guess everybody, everybody travels just in a different way. Yeah. I was going to say, but I don't think you, it doesn't sound like you mind. (laughs) No, nope. No. And, you know, a lot of them came here for Colette's baptism. So Colette, um, funny story. So she's nine and a half and she got baptized this last summer. So she was nine. Um, But she waited because she wanted her family to be there. And so, um, when you're nine, when you get baptized, you're a convert baptism, not yep. a member baptism and or a child baptism. Record, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, she actually got to do a few extra things <laughs> in order to be baptized. Um, but it was important to her that her family was here and they, they couldn't come in 2020 because of COVID and other things. And so they came in 2021 and it was special and sweet and everything she wanted. It was, it was a party. Did Um, she send out invitations? Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah. Cause they'll come right. Exactly. And yeah, it worked out. Yeah, she was, and she actually got, you know, the best of all worlds where anyone who couldn't come got to zoom in. So that is so is true. Good. So we had a, a COVID baptism crew, our oldest, and yeah. yeah, it was definitely different. But it was surprising how many people like were like, "Oh yeah, we were there," you know, because yeah, they could zoom in, and it was definitely a different time for sure. Um, I was holding the phone and singing, which I feel bad for everybody <laughs> else. But, um, if you don't mind, I would love like a cap of what you're doing right now. Cause you got some things going on and everybody that I talk to and they're like, Oh, have you seen Cammy's post? And da-da. Like you got some stuff going on, Cammy. And <laughs> I want to know what you I, got going on. I do. Well, um, I do have a, a few things going on. So um, one of the most exciting things for me is I have been woodworking a lot And so I've built our beds and um, I built my desk and anyway, various other things, armoires. Hold on. You can't say like anyways, you're building (laughs) your own furniture. I am. (laughs) Everybody does that. Um, I, I am. And I love it. And like I mentioned before, my dad is into woodworking and how I wish when I was a teenager, instead of wanting to have adventures and going and doing fun things, I would have paid attention and had him help me learn some things. Um, 
but I will say that the things that I learned from my parents about independence and confidence and hard work and figuring it out, all of those things make it so that when I, when I am, when I decided I was going to, well, it started, sorry, we'll backtrack a little bit. I started woodworking when um, my kids were little. And again, um, I was home a lot and we needed a bookshelf. Um, And I am quite spoiled that when I was growing up, we had solid wood furniture and because my dad made most of it. And so in my mind, like that is high quality furniture. And I was frustrated that the amount of money that I wanted to pay for a bookshelf did not equal the quality that I wanted to get for the bookshelf. And so I found some plans online and decided I was going to build a bookshelf. And I did. And it was wonderful. And I love it. Um, And it worked out. And so that was kind of the start of it. And I realized at that time, what I got from my dad, as far as woodworking was to not be afraid of saws, and to be able to just turn it on and use it. And it's not going to cut your arm off if you use it properly. (laughs) And um, to just be confident to use it. And, um, you know, the rest just kind of falls into place. So I, yeah, I started woodworking and I love it. And now we moved a year and a half ago. Um, I used to do my woodworking on the back patio. And so if it was going to rain or snow or be really windy, uh, it made it kind of tricky. But I would, I would keep my saws and all my tools in the shed. And so I would carry my saws from the shed to the patio table to like make my cuts um, and so it's nice now we, we bought a house, a second house, uh, anyway, we moved and, um, <laughs> we, that was one of my requirements is I need a garage and honestly, it's not a big garage. I have a one car garage. Um, and gotcha. in the, in the winter when it snows, I can still get my car in that garage, but I have all the tools that I need said no woodworker ever. Sorry. I have a lot of tools. (laughs) Of course, as soon as I said it, I was like, well, but I might like, anyway. um, I know how that goes. Don't you worry. (laughs) I have a lot of tools to build a lot of things. And so, um, so as I built more and more and kind of posted about them, I started getting commissions from friends and, um, now I actually work with a few interior designers who have some custom, some spaces that need custom furniture. So I'm doing a table right now. Um, I have an armoire coming up and a sofa table. Um, so I have a few commissions in the works right now. Um, so I'm doing that. And then um, I'm involved in Shared Vision, which is a a new startup for DIYers. Um, And it's basically a a bunch of tools. They're developing a a lot of tools to help people DIY um, and to hopefully earn money from or um, compensation of some kind to do for doing that. Yeah. Um, 
And so that's really fun too. I'm on, I'm a, an advisor for that. Um, and there's more. I run, <laughs> I run a women's uh, basketball group every Monday and I've been doing it. Uh, I think we did it for three years before the pandemic. Um, and so we just had weekly basketball every, every week. And then um, we would do a, a league in the spring and we would do a tournament. Um, and that was really fun. Um, That's amazing. Like, I, like you just decided, you know what, I'm going to get a bunch of people together or was it kind of like a collective? Yeah. So a friend of mine and I decided that, um, so in all honesty, I don't like to run. Um, like running just to run is not my thing, but I can forever. And so uh, we decided that basketball would be really fun. It's social. It's, you know, you get cardio, you get skills. And um, so we, we just started and I think we had like four people the first week, which believe it or not, is kind of hard to play basketball with four people. But we worked on drills and um, it built to where we were having like 20 people show up every week. And it got to the point where we were like, we got to do something because we can't. It's we we don't get enough playtime if we have to sub out all the time. And so anyway, yeah. um, then the pandemic hit and it went down to zero and we're, we're building it back up again. Um, we're kind of right around five to six people every week. Um, and we're still doing just skills and drills because in my County, uh, all indoor places require masks still. And yeah. so playing basketball in a mask is not ideal, but we're there shooting and doing our drills and building it back up. So that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, out of out of the basketball, um, what? Sorry, I'm trying to think of the way I was going to put that question. <laughs> is it mostly people just within your community, or do you have? Is it church based, or really anything? Um, so we use the church, but not really. Um, so it's. You know, somebody invited a friend from the YMCA and I invite my neighbor. It's not, uh, I would say it's mostly people that are connected to the church, but probably 40% not. Um, and then I, I also play on uh, Wednesday night with another group that um, is mostly not members. Um, and so there's some cross there where, um, well, that's awesome. yeah, yeah, it sounds like a good time. I, and I would agree with you. Like what it, I'm, I don't like, I know some people like straight up organized exercise, but if I'm playing something, I definitely enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I like to, I like to play games. Um, and so, yeah, this is, this is a good way to get there. Well, what other things do you have going on? So you have the you doing another podcast with? I am, yeah, with Shared Vision. So we yeah. we interview uh, different DIYers and creators, um, and people kind of in the DIY world, and talk about their projects and how they started and 
uh, what they're doing. And so that's also really fun. Yeah, that that's definitely something I, I think you, you get out of, well, to me, it'd be, it's easy to talk to family, talking to other people, maybe I don't know, would be a little bit more nerve wracking, maybe. But <laughs> you, know, you seem like you handle it really well. It's, yeah, I mean, we're all people, right? So that's kind of my general attitude about a lot of things. And I think living in DC, where there's a lot of politically important people. Um, and it's funny, Jason and I have this joke that like, I don't know who anyone is. <laughs> so, so I talk to them all like we're friends. And um, uh, so, yeah, actually, it's funny when we when we lived in Chicago, um, we lived there while Obama was running for president. And he also lived in our neighborhood. And um, so there were a couple times where we happened to be in the same place at the same time. And like he was getting off an elevator while we were getting on and we got on the elevator, the doors closed and like we were with some friends and they were all like, oh, did you see who that was? And I was like, no, who? <laughs> like I just, <laughs> nope. So, uh, but I don't know. I feel like we're all, we're all human. And, um, so I thoroughly enjoy talking to people and I think we all have a lot to learn from each other. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't mind talking to strangers. Yeah. I don't think I've, I, I, I guess that's true. I can definitely see that. Um, you as such an outgoing person and, I think that translates to your kids, though. I look at, like, some of the stuff you and your kids have done, like, just going out and doing stuff. I, I, I yeah. feel like that trans. I mean, your daughter plays hockey. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually... So tell us what the kids are up to. Yeah. So um, so both my kids play hockey. Um, and Colette is on a – she's on a house team that's co-ed and then she's on a girls travel team and she loves hockey. She eats and breathes hockey. So she plays goalie and skates out. Awesome. Um, it is awesome. She's fierce. And um, yeah, I, I love girls hockey. I don't know. I think probably because we didn't have that as an option, right? We lived in a small town in Eastern Oregon um, but I, I love what it does for her as far as confidence and, um, empowerment. So it's, yeah. it's been great for her. Um, do and you then... feel like girl sports? Sorry. I just wondering if you felt like girl sports get, I always felt like girl soccer was more aggressive than the boys at you least know, at a younger age. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, I think, I mean, she herself is definitely more competitive when she's playing on her girls team than when she's playing on her co-ed team. Um, I think it's easier for her to kind of stand back a little bit on her co-ed team. Um, and I, I don't know exactly why that is as far as like, in the upper ages. So girls hockey all the way through professional does not allow checking. Okay. And so, and boys hockey obviously does. 
Um, and so it's interesting to watch like college and professional women's hockey because, oh gosh, I don't know how many people are actually interested in this, but I think it's fascinating <laughs> because um, they have to pass cleaner and they have to be um, in positions in, in, they have to be positioned in a way that it's more competitive um, because they can't just check other people. So they have to be more mindful of where they're at, where their other um, players are at, where the opposing team is at. And it's, it's actually a really beautiful game to see the way they, they pass so intentionally and um, they know where their teammates are going to be, not where they're at, but where they're going to be. Um, anyway, if you ever get a chance to go to like a D1 women's hockey game or a professional women's hockey game, do yeah. it. It's totally, <laughs> totally worth it. It's really fun. You've piqued my interest just because I, I actually did not even know that. So yeah. So obviously call their playing hockey he are they checking at this age or do they have him hold off a little bit he is not so if he so he's playing house and at his age for travel they have started checking um but not for house and they keep moving that age up i think as they gain more information about concussions and um development of prefrontal prefrontal cortexes and how they can make decisions quickly and how like I think they're kind of realizing that it's still too young so I think uh in two years he'll be able to check um we'll see they'll probably move the age up which makes me happy (laughs) I mean they do they do give them and require them to go to safe checking classes so you can learn how to do it in a way that uh, stops the person's progression without actually hurting them in any way. So it does make me nervous. Um, but he is thankfully a very tall kid. Um, and so he's definitely one of the bigger ones out there and that helps. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing something like that. And obviously you enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Um, and then Calder also plays golf and he's in, uh, a scout troop. He is really into scouting. Um, and it's interesting, like you mentioned that my dad was really into scouting and, um, growing up, my sisters and I were annoyed that dad got to go do all these really cool things with the boy scouts. And we did not get to go. Like we wanted to go on the 50 mile backpacking trip and we wanted to go on the bike rides and we wanted to do the fun things. Um, And so as far as like, as far as Calder being in scouting, it's totally up to him. And um, when he moved from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts, um, Jason and I both said, you know, it's totally fine if you want to do it. But I, I very much said, I am not going to be that mom who does your eagle for you. Like, I am not going to hound you. I am not going, this is not a priority for me. And so if it's a priority for you, you have to do it. And oh my gosh, he has taken it and he loves it. I mean, it helps. He's in an amazing troop that um, like they're going skiing this weekend and they um, 
for they do high adventure every summer and so not this summer because he's not quite old enough um but next summer they're going scuba diving and sailing in the bahamas and like they do like these that's awesome right i'm like oh i can i'll i'll uh chaperone that one (laughs) (laughs) um and they like they just do these really cool things um that that he loves and so he has found a love to be outdoors and to go camping and um, hiking and backpacking and all the things so it's been really good for him so he's he's moving right along he's a first class and he's like i said 13 so he's making great progress and i would say he is (laughs) (laughs) coming from my my scout ages you know it seemed like it was like a mad dash to when you were 16 <laughs> to try to crunch in as much as you can. So. Did your parents have the rule that you needed to get it before you could drive? Uh, they, they may have thought of that rule, but by the time me being the youngest, yeah. that was long gone. Yeah. So I know your dad did for Cody. Yeah. Yeah. No, Cody couldn't drive till he got his Eagle. And um, at the, at the same time, because, because you know it needed to be slightly fair Fair, um we all had to be doing the young women's program because at that time it was like beehive my maid laurel and there were things for each one so of course we couldn't finish it because you can't even start the laurel stuff till you were 16 16 um but we had to be be current i'm I'm assuming yeah um yeah yeah and actually they had that rule for jamie too um so yeah it was 16 is i think ambitious but i think calder will probably get there i think sounds like sounds like he will but definitely by no help of his mom well i shouldn't say that no no it's true (laughs) i'm i refuse i will drive him to to the meetings they have they meet every week and I will take him to the activities or whatever. Like, yes, I will support him in that. And if he needs stuff to do his merit badges or whatever, I support that. But I am, I'm not going to hound him. So yes, he's, it's all on his own. Man, that's so awesome. Well, tell me real quick too, how, what are things you want to instill into your kids and you, you and Jason, like Jason's part of your life, obviously, uh, what are the things you want to instill, especially as the kids are getting older and doing more things? What are the things you want them to know? Um, this is a good question. And I like the way, I mean, it kind of ties into what my parents taught me and what values they instilled in me. Um, I think hard work and grit is one of the most valuable life skills that we can have. Um, being able to to work hard and then also pivot if um, if it didn't work out or keep trying until it does. Um, I think yes. independent thinking is really important to me and it's something I'm trying really hard to teach my kids that, um, and that kind of ties in with like personal revelation. Like I want them to be able to look at a situation or a commandment or uh, advice and and be able to say you know is this for me and what does it mean to me and 
um, I have a right and an ability to know if this is truly something I need to do. Yep. Um, and so um, I think those are probably um, the most important things to me. I want, I want my kids to have a relationship with their heavenly parents and to be able to um, discern that and be able to receive direct uh, communication and personal revelation from them. Um, and so that's something that I work on teaching them that, that they are entitled to that and also that, that it's there and available for them and they should be using that. Oh, I think that's so beautiful, Cammy. That is just amazing <laughs> to think. Well, I mean, even just in the sense of when something comes down the pipeline in your life, you know, you can either go wherever the wind blows you or you can think about it, process it, and then go and ask, and what what should I be doing? And, and is this right for me? And, you know, I, I'm definitely a believer in the fact that, you know, our Heavenly Father will let us know that. And you as a parent, obviously you want to be there to give advice in that, but you don't want to instill that they, they can find out for themselves, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think part of that is where we live. Um, we don't live in a heavily LDS community and we, um, we actually live in a fairly Jewish community. And so it's, it's, and there's a fair number of Muslims. And so my kids are exposed to a lot of different beliefs and religions. Um, and I think that there's value in each. And so it's important to me that they learn about that um, yep. and learn about other people's beliefs and, and also understand that they are entitled to form their own belief system um, through revelation from God. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I even remember having a Jewish friend growing up, and I can't remember if we even talked about that in the last one, but I just remember it's something that stood out to me because I remember going to his house and they had a menorah and just the things that they did as a family. And that is extremely important to them, his family, too. Yeah, yes. And, and it, there is all these things that are wonderful and beautiful. And I think you have it right, like trying to instill in your kids that there's a lot of amazing and good, wonderful people that have these wonderful beliefs and the fact that you have the opportunity that we all of us have the opportunity to, to explore and, and to decide and discern what's best and for us in our lives too. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually really fun right now. Um, so the DC temple has been closed for, um, three years, maybe four years, four years, um, for renovations. And it's the first time it's been closed since it was built in 74. And so, um, it's opening back up this spring for, um, an open house. And so it's been really fun. I don't know if you, um, I know you have actually, we've talked about it. Um, so when you're on the freeway, um, in DC going yep. around the beltway, um, it looks like you're going to drive into the temple. Like it's up on a hill and it's, 
it's so beautiful. It's bright and at night it's lit up and it's the only thing you can see in this sea of trees. It's just gorgeous. Um, and so on the, on the radio, people use it as like a, a landmark. They'll say, you know, uh, traffic is backed up to the Mormon temple. Um, <laughs> and so like they just, it, it's a landmark. And so now that it's opening up, I, um, I'm excited because so many people can go and see it for the first time. And I have friends who, you know, various friends who say, Hey, can, can I go with you to, to check it out? And so it's, it's going to be kind of a, a fun experience. I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to my kids seeing it because it's, it's big. It's um, seven stories and it's, all, it's the large, it's the tallest temple. It is the tallest temple. Yeah, and yep. it's Went it's back. the largest um, outside of, well, it's the largest this side of the Mississippi. Yep. It's not. Had, it's not quite a square footage as Salt Lake, but right. It's uh, it is definitely one of the. It's the tallest and one of the largest. Yes. Yeah. So no, it's, well, it's we're beautiful. super excited for you. That's going to be awesome. Take yeah. lots of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> will do well i mean obviously they won't let you inside but take pictures inside but you know when when you're doing stuff i think that's amazing yeah no it is it's actually it's been great so i um i had the opportunity to um work in the temple during the renovations and um so i got to be on the team that was gilding the temple and um so i applied the gold leafing to all the all the rooms and the ceilings and it was it was an incredible time it was really fun well i hope you know it's been amazing to be able to talk to you to just see what you guys been up to and just hear some of your life stories and experiences cammy this has been amazing for me and hopefully it's been for you um definitely appreciate your time Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited for our next one to see who we get. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We look forward to interviewing all of you. And as Grandma Price would say, see you in the morning.